John Branion, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Uh, that's it. Welcome to the next door comedian's kitchen table. I was thinking Carl. we might need to record a new uh, intro blurb. Why is that? Or a new outro blur. Why is that the peaches? Just for variety, for spice. Uh, Spite? Who are we spiting? Spice. Oh, I need to turn this up. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Spice. You've got it way up. Yeah, well, I can't hear. Spice of life. Death is a post. Variety is the spice of life. I see. But actually, the outro is the one that, that, that you don't I was like. considering re-recording. Okay. Well, you do, you know, you do what you want. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand in your way. I will not stand in the way of progress. Oh no. You know what else I didn't we do? We have so many things. I didn't uh, download the, the uh, sound effect buttons that were sent to us, or I didn't download the sound effects onto my buttons that were sent to us on Well, you can, Telegram. we can hit pause if you want to do that. I don't know. I don't know if we can't. Ugh. I just ever started a sentence and then had not like a hiccup, but but it, it, when you have to inhale, that's what just happened to me. It's like, well, no, we have, and, and then I had to suck in. Anyway, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Our Telegram group's been really busy this week. And I know, I'm scrolling that's what I'm and saying. scrolling and scrolling to get to those sound effects that the, were sent the, to me. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of varied topics and things that we were discussing. And uh, I, I have a couple of things that I want to talk about. And, and then you sent a note in our Telegram group and said, hey, are you going to come and podcast so we can talk about this thing that well, yeah. Nate said? Our friend Nathan said something even better than I was able to say. He was listening to last what? week's episode. Last week. What? Yeah. Somebody said something better than you could say it? Oh, real easily better than I said it because I was trying to... <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to give some like case studies and examples, anecdotes, so that people understand what I'm trying to say. But then we kind of ran up against the end of our time last time. Mm-hmm. And so I was saying something about my husband is a sorority girl. I don't know what I was saying. And <laughs> a sorority girl. Yeah, you don't even remember. That's remember how memorable that. my analogy was about how if if a college girl goes to a frat party and oh, is offered right. I remember drugs. the frat party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was... Something something happened where I was comparing my husband to right. college girls. And, and Nathan was listening and he said, mm, that's not as good as it could be. No, well, he was listening and tracking so well that I think he was able to summarize it even better than I could because um, we'd had other conversations. And you're trying to find that now too? Well, no, so I was trying, trying to, to find, find sound effects and... I think he's the one that sent the sound effects too for mailbag, which... Uh, yeah, he sent, he sent like three different options for mailbag. Can I search? And it would have been swell if you'd had that ready to go. I know. That's why I said I'm. I didn't. I it's, forgot. We have uh, my my car broke again this week. I don't oh, know if I, I told you that my car broke down week before last, and so Joe, my my son in law, uh, ordered the part, knew exactly how to fix it, 
he and his dad worked like busy little little busy people to fix it. I was going to say busy little beavers, but beavers are not very effective auto mechanics. Mm. So I just said busy people. And they got it running. And then you, your husband, uh, my other son-in-law, Luke, and Joe changed the oil on Sunday. So it was it was ready to go. And I got about three quarters of a mile from your house and it, it broke again. Um, I was well, just stalling for you. That's three quarters of a mile that you wouldn't have gotten if it weren't for Luke and Joe. That's true. So remember. I need to be grateful for that three quarters of a Glass mile. Glass half empty. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't know what's going to happen when I push Car this button. half broke. I don't know what's going to happen, but let's try it anyway. You know what? This is all your mail. <laughs> yeah, I could hear it. Did it Did it sound? Yeah. Did it sound like Seinfeld saying it, it this did. is all your mail? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's... Let's go with that today. All right. And then also, so that was courtesy of Nathan. He's in our Telegram group, which is a secret group that you can only be part of if you join the Comedy Click. Comedy Click. So you go to johnbranion.com, join the click, and you'll get the um, Go to the members. Link. Yeah, go to the members page, and it'll give you the link. Somebody's coming in the back door. All right. So uh, the mail call. This... No, no, no. I was going to read. <sighs> okay, you can read it. No, go ahead. If you want. But no, go ahead. What are you going to read? I was going to read what I told Nathan or what Nathan told me when so I was are we, like, "We're calling that mail," because uh, it's a I exchange guess, of I messages. Don't know. Can we? Can we? It's a Telegram group mail. Can we say that social media counts as mail. Yeah, maybe we're overthinking this. Maybe we just any sort of interaction that we get with people, regardless of the format. All right. Well, here's what he said, and we can come back to this later if we. So, like, if somebody like draws it. us a picture and sends it in, you know, uh, or if we see something written in the sky with sky writing, that would be mail, I think. Yeah. Uh, he said, Nathan said, broadening out from this week's peaches and whirl, which is actually last week's, people don't just argue by saying they're not arguing, which is what I was pointing out. Mm-hmm. They also say they're just asking questions while making statements. And they say, we need to have a conversation to proceed their monologue. And then they say, we want tolerance, freedom to choose a belief or action, which was once socially unacceptable so that it can then become the position which dominates and suppresses. From heresy in the church to social revolution to political activism, people don't mean what they say on purpose. It's a good thing to recognize rhetorical techniques like these because they've been used for thousands of years and it's only their application that differs. So mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. the point that he's making about rhetoric was great. Like that word rhetoric, I... I should have used last week. I wish I'd used it because rhetorical questions, I used to think as a kid that rhetorical questions just meant questions you don't actually want people to answer. Or or questions that you ask assuming that everybody is going to agree on the answer. Well, and that's sort of right, but it's actually more like questions you're making or saying or asking to make a point. They're not actually questions. They're they're pointed. Right, they're not really questions. You're You're not expecting... And answer because you assume that everybody's going to answer. Like, does a bear poop in the woods? Right. Is the Pope Catholic? Right. Those are rhetorical questions. I was talking about rhetorical statements though last week, where people will say a thing that they don't even really mean because the words, that combination of words, earns them power Mm -hmm. or it earns them an ability to make a point. And so even when they're saying, "I'm not trying to make a point," or "I'm not trying to debate you," or "I'm not trying to change your mind," it's really just a rhetorical device in order to then try to change your mind. That same thing just happened moments ago before we started this when the the guy was arguing 
No, he wasn't arguing. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> he wasn't arguing with me. Something about Juneteenth and how it's not celebrated nationally. That was his problem. He goes, we don't celebrate it as a nation. We don't celebrate Juneteenth as a nation. And in, in implying that it's because we're racist. And I said, it's a national holiday. And his response was, I didn't say it wasn't a national holiday. I said it's not celebrated as a nation. That was his response. And I said, okay, well then... Uh, what? How should we celebrate Juneteenth so that you would um, agree agree that we're not racist? Yeah. And he said, um, "There's." He says, "Celebrating this holiday or not celebrate celebrating any holiday or not celebrating a holiday proves nothing." Right. And so I said, "Well, then, why did you comment?" Yeah. Why did you? Why does it bother you that it's not celebrated nationally? Right. And he said, "I was just responding to the original post." Right. And it's like, okay, well, why? Right. <laughs> why, why are you rhetoric? Why are you flapping let's, your gums? Let's if- talk about rhetoric today because I love that word, and a lot of people don't know what it means because it's part of a classical education, and people don't get classical educations <laughs> anymore. They don't know. They don't have any uh, connection to their Greek roots or their Latin <laughs> ancestors. Well, yeah. so so I, my my response then after that was he goes, I'm just responding to your OP. I said, okay, I got it. You're just spouting trivia. You're just you're just saying words <laughs> that have words. no meaning or significance. It's just trivia. And uh, he said, and you're just spouting fallacy. And it's like, okay, oh, well, there's now, a word. <laughs> now. <laughs> fallacy is another word that would have been more, that would have been more sensical with a classical education. Right. People don't know what it means. He they just know what it means. They use the word fallacy the same way they use but, the phrase, I don't want to debate you. And, and so now, but we're at the end of the conversation, or we're far enough into this conversation that when he says, and you're spouting fallacy, I'm going to go, okay, is this just another collection of words that you're throwing at me (laughs) yes it is or am i supposed to somehow put am i supposed to put some significance and weight to this right and the answer is it's just a collection of words but he is offended when i say that because because he's not being honest people like to believe that they use words for their proper their proper use their proper uh well we've talked about this before on social media is where you find it, where people go, I, I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to debate. Um, I'm just stating my opinion. Correct. That was know. last week. Right. That was our that was our conversation last week. And so I just really appreciated the way that Nathan summed it up by saying, it's not just the example that I gave. People will also say, I want a dialogue when they're just trying to pave the way for their monologue. Right. People will say, you know, oh, I don't, I just want tolerance, but really they're paving the way for their own worldview to be the dominating. Juneteenth should be celebrated nationally in this way. Right. right. And they use words, but not because they're trying to convey a particular meaning, which is what words are for. Words, God has given us the gift of language and the gift of words to communicate to with what? each other more clearly. And to, and to, to, and we communicate truth. Right. We communicate truth, but we're, we are, putting what's in our brain out into the public so that other people can know if it wasn't for language, we would have, we would be much more limited in our ability to communicate truth. I suppose we could draw pictures. Well, but that's still language though. Like I pictures. If it wasn't for for language, we would have no idea what was going on in other people's whether written or gestures because sign language is a language too, or, Mm Um, vocal language, it doesn't matter what it is. If, if you are conveying an idea, a thought from inside your head, 
out to other humans. You're projecting it out for them to understand too. That's communication. Right. And, and, and that is not rhetoric. People are abusing it by using rhetoric instead, which is all about style. It's all about tone. It's all about presentation. And they're trying to manipulate people into agreeing with them, not because what they're saying is true or careful or logical, but because what they are saying is um, appealing to their their flesh and it's their designed to create emotions. a feeling. Yes. And uh, feelings as we know. It's interesting. I was having a conversation today just at Bible study before I came over. Uh, and uh, one of the guys in our Bible study said that he has had a stroke. He's had a couple of strokes, actually. And he said that after his second stroke, he still gets, a, he still gets along okay. So it's, it's, I'm not trying to be a downer here. Uh, but he said <laughs> after his second stroke that he started having emotional responses to things that he never had emotional responses before, like, cartoons he said i could be watching a cartoon and i would just start crying or i would just start laughing uncontrollably at things that was that were that was not funny you know like and and i thought as he was talking about that my mind immediately went to yeah and and these emotional responses are what people are telling us we're, we're supposed to put a Get lot of weight with, yeah, yeah a lot of weight behind this because i feel a certain way about this and you should right. pay attention to my feelings and i'm right. like can we trust feelings at all? Feelings are close to godliness. If they just happen, it, it, because the guy's had a stroke and now he's he's laughing or he's crying at cartoons. Listen, you men, you men don't even know the half of it. <laughs> Let me tell you about giving birth to a baby and suddenly crying over just ridiculous stuff or or finding yourself with these emotional attachments to things like My sister, objects. I remember when, when yeah. my sister was uh, was pregnant with her first before we knew that she was pregnant, remember she, the bird yes. story? Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> she, anyway, she got pulled over by a cop because she was speeding, trying to get a bird that she found <laughs> in the parking. It lot. was injured, <laughs> right. an injured bird. She was speeding to get home, right. she didn't even know what she was going to do with it no. when she got there. No, she had but to get this, home. This police officer pulls her over, and she starts crying, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I know I was speeding, but this, but there's this, this bird. bird." And the, the police officer's like, "Okay, well." slow down because you're going to get hurt too. And, and she's like, I know, I know I shouldn't have, but can you help it? <laughs> and he was like, lady, I can't do anything for that for bird. bird. I'm a police officer. Right. I can't do anything. Well, and it turns out that she, she discovered like the next week that she was with child. Yeah, she was so pregnant. then it made more sense. Like, oh, it's all coming together. <laughs> She yes. lost her mind. She found a bird in the parking and lot. So if, and so if women don't learn, particularly women and then emotional men, if they don't learn how to recognize this and, and curb it <laughs> early, it'll ruin their life. I mean, if yes. you start if you start being well, angry at police officers because they can't you know, cry about the same things you're crying over. Or if you get angry at people for laughing at you because right. you're freaking out about a bird. Right. Um, oh, 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 I have a story for that too. Yeah. Did so, you get the... Uh, did you get that screenshot that I sent you and Luke about uh, the the lady and about how the church is keeps misdiagnosing gluttony? Yes. This was chock full of rhetoric too. Yeah. So you do you have that? Yes. Handy, or? Yeah, I got it right here. Um, this I was not did even. Have, Carl, I actually hit, did have a couple of things that I was going to talk about, but it doesn't look like we're going to get to them. This we're just going to throw all that, chuck that to the wind. We're just going to chuck all that rhetoric out the window. Okay. So this one, okay. It started with a guy and I didn't get the screenshot for this, but a guy 
on the internet posted about how the LGBT community has gained acceptance in the church, uh-huh. and they will often say things like, well, Christians, you're too obsessed with the gay topic. You know, you're right. too obsessed with homosexuality because right. gluttony ones, is a sin too. Right. We're, the, we're critical of the pride parade, and we're the ones who are obsessed with sex. Right. So... Right, yeah, but I get it. It, but they all they often say you know there's other sins too, and you never talk about those. Right, that's and, because the other sins are not having a parade well, down that, the middle of the street. Right, that was the guy's point. The Obed said, uh, you know, let me break this down for you. There's no gluttony parade, and right. we're generally agreed that gluttony is a sin. Right. And there's no liar's pride. Right. Right, and so he just said, you know, this is why because we're reacting to the culture and not the other way around, and don't blame us for. For pointing out that don't that tell us we're the ones obsessed with sex, right, right, and so, but the whole the point is the post was about the LGBT lobby agenda, like right. it was about homosexuality primarily, and they used <laughs> and gluttony, he up gluttony as an example <laughs> right. of something we generally uh, agree about. Another another sin, another excessiveness that right. is not healthy and good. Well, another right. example of indulging your flesh, right, as a result of temptations that you know some of us struggle then, with more than others, and people don't. We don't elevate that indulgence of the flesh as something that's noble and good. Well, and, uh, not yet. We don't. <laughs> I've seen the quote. And going. so, so then this, we'll just call her Blue because I colored out her name with a blue marker. <laughs> do so I know I this person? No, I don't think you do. Oh shoot! Okay. Um, and she wrote, "While I agree with most of this, obesity is not always the result of gluttony." Three exclamation points. Uh-huh. I eat a healthier diet than most people I'm around, and I'm very overweight. I'm not an emotional eater. In fact, I tend to avoid food when I get extremely stressed. Anytime I've gone to a doctor about my weight, I'm told to eat less or stop eating carbs or intermittent fast or whatever the newest trend is. And you know what? That doesn't work when a person already eats too few calories. Of course not. Too of few calories. Right. There was a time when I was eating the amounts of food that would have been had that would have had me diagnosed as anorexic. And yet, I gained weight. When she was eating what anorexics eat. Yes. She, she was, was gaining, gaining weight. weight. Right. But all I was ever told was to eat less because most people make the assumption that obesity equals overeating. <laughs> With God's grace, I finally learned to forgive myself mm-hmm. for, some, I for, guess, my, for, for something my, that was never her fault or a sin in the first place. I forgive myself for doing something I, that I couldn't help. That, that, I, that wasn't wrong. Uh, I finally learned... <laughs> Uh, I finally learned to forgive myself and realize there's something else going on with my body other than overeating. I am so sick of doctors and healthy people and especially... Is that in quotes? That's in quotes. (laughs) Healthy people and especially Christians, that's all caps, judging me as a glutton simply because of my appearance. Do you know why a lot of people are overweight? It's because their bodies can't rid themselves of toxins. And as a protective function, your body stores those toxins in fat cells so they don't end up in more critical places like your brain. Mm-hmm. And you know what the biggest food sin is? It sounds like she's got quite a bit of toxins up in her brain. <laughs> the biggest food sin is living on the garbage that's filled with artificial colors and preservatives and pesticides and other chemicals that the food industry has perverted God's <laughs> creation of whole foods with. Food devoid of any real nutrition, food where God's creation has been processed into something more like a food-like substance, stripped of nutrition like the original food had. And that was just half the comment. I couldn't get the whole thing in the screenshot. (laughs) She went on 
and on and on. Uh, I, what I like about it is the fact that she still managed to take a shot at healthy people. You know, and I'm sick of you healthy people who are causing harm. Well, no, she put that in quotes though, because right. you know it, they're only healthy according to their own judgment. They're right. not really healthy. Just because. But I just want. It's hard. To, it's hard to measure health versus unhealth. Yeah. I guess when you. But the thing is, it went beyond that because the person came back and responded and said, look, we've covered the topic of obesity and gluttony on our podcast many times. And we've recognized that a person could look skinny and still be a glutton. And we've, we've explained that there are many things that, that, you know, could potentially complicate the conversation. And we've tried to handle it with nuance. It's, it, in fact, it's possible to be underweight and still be obsessed with food. Right. That, that, and in fact, that's what it is. You know, if you're bulimic or you're, or you're anorexic, a lot of times it's because you have an, healthy, an unhealthy attitude about what you eat. Right, and, and they've dealt with it multiple times on this guy's podcast. Right. And the, the woman came back with, I have just completely lost respect for you because of how unkind you've been to me. <laughs> what have I done to deserve being talked to like this? Gosh, I've been there so many times. And I was like, oh, here we go with the rhetoric. You know, this is a woman who is used to losing losing the conversation. I mean, if you go to a doctor and the doctor point blank tells you you're not healthy and here's what you need to do, and you still find a way to disagree with multiple doctors and multiple pastors and multiple, quote, healthy people. You're a person who doesn't use words to say true things. You're yeah. a person who does who uses words to manipulate your own feelings yep. and the feelings of other you're people. Un, you're unteachable. You are closed-minded. You are, you're the kind of person who says, I was just sharing my opinion, because that's what she said too. I was just sharing my opinion right. and you had to come and be rude and it's like and you had to no. come and share your opinion you were not sharing your opinion nobody asked for your opinion you were trying to completely dominate the platform right. steal the microphone keep it all to yourself and you're you are not the type of person who allows anybody else to have a different perspective than you and so yeah what was your comment about you know this is a miracle worker oh, <laughs> carl if you're listening you're our neighbor carl carl listen let me level with you it is physically impossible to eat no calories and gain weight. And gain weight. It's mathematically, biologically, and realistically impossible. In this in this universe in which we live, this now, this bubble of reality. Can you be unhealthy and eat? You know. A particular Fewer combination calories? of right? Can yes. you manipulate with your diet and still have an unhealthy attitude with food? Yes. Yes. But. You cannot have toxins from this food product that the drug companies or the food companies are drugging us with. If you, you're not eating if it. If you're not eating. <laughs> right. If you, are, if you are consuming fewer calories than an anorexic and you weigh 300 pounds. It's not possible. Something is wrong. Yeah. You are, you are eating more calories than, than you, you are think. aware of. And, and that's what said, happens. She even said, I'm so tired of being told that I'm just too stupid to know how many calories I'm eating. It's like. No, not stupid, just not, in denial. Not stupid, you are but absolutely you're absolutely in denial. But you are, yeah, you're in denial, and you're and you're probably lazy because. Oh, you, she threw you, the lazy word around too. With I when mean, it comes I don't mean lazy. I mean lazy in that you don't want to keep track of the calories because right because deep down you know that you're eating more than you're than you should. And, right. and one of the things that the, that they tell people to do is just keep a notebook. Right. Just start to keeping a food journal so that you have a record of what you're eating. And people won't do it because 
It's undeniable. Right. Then. then they can look back in those pages and go, oh, gosh, I did eat four gallons of ice cream yesterday. Right. Well, but so. based on the fact that this woman, look, here's the other half of that comment. This is oh, the other stars. half. Thank you for sparing me and Carl. It's so long. I had to, It took two different screenshots to get it all in. And, and it's so, important to say this again. We'll just throw this in, that uh, the more words, the more convoluted the thought. Yes. That's well, that was my point. It's clear truism. to me from how many words she used that this is a person who has had this conversation with various people over and over and over. And she's trying to preempt all the arguments because one of the things she said was, um, you know, Christian, you shouldn't be assuming things about people. Don't assume things about fat people. Mm -hmm. Well, then she turned around and assumed things about Christians and how and they're too people. they're too lazy to take the time to learn about food and too lazy to cook real right. food and they keep opting for toxin filled convenience. Right. Don't food. make assumptions about fat people right. while I make assumptions about you. Right, but then she said, you know, I've been laughed at. And I thought you and I could probably talk a little <laughs> bit about would, that. We laughed at her just now. I've been laughed at. <laughs> She's been laughed at again. And I said to Luke, <laughs> when I read the comment the first time last night, I said to him, well, yeah, because we've got, we've got women out here in churches convincing themselves they've got the miracle of the feeding the crowd happening in their own body <laughs> right. every day. They, they, God gives them two fish and five loaves of bread, and they end up turning it into seven basketfuls of fat. <laughs> That's what I said. It was a miracle. A you said they called a modern-day miracle worker right. who can turn zero calories into 300 pounds. Right. <laughs> yep, that's what they think is happening. Well, I was just created differently from you. Yeah, I have a my different body, body doesn't work at all like everybody else's. I can put water, nothing but water, into it, and I still gain weight. I just weight. gain weight. Yep. It just, the water turns straight to fat. <laughs> my body converts water into fat. But I thought it was interesting that she knows that people are laughing about this. Like, I thought it was interesting that her only response to that was, again, a rhetorical tool to, that it's rude to, to laugh. shame people who are right. laughing, you know, or to try to... And that is something we talk about all the time yes. on this podcast. In fact, multiple times she was going into other people's threads and commenting on a, under other people's comments and saying things like, and we wonder why people don't come to church anymore. When this oh, is yeah. why people are leaving churches. And it's like, yeah. because there are Pharisees at church who right. keep pretending like their their beliefs about food and weight gain are the only correct way to to treat that subject and you yes. posted something about that today about yeah. people leaving church and how they should leave church because they don't want to be they don't want to get with the program of what church is about right and so when somebody quote leaves the church that's actually a good thing right well, that was in Telegram too I don't know if I'm going to be able to go now back we've and sort of jump topics now but find it oh I found it so Isn't this was great? from the Sarcastic Theologian on Facebook. Which I'm sad that I didn't pick that title for myself. And it says, it's always interesting when someone points to a biblical position and says, that's why people are leaving the church. Why, yes, that is why they're leaving. <laughs> but it certainly isn't because scripture is anti-intellectual. It's because scripture doesn't align with man's perspective, morality, and wisdom. The unregenerate man doesn't like what scripture says. He never has. And it's best that those who reject scripture leave, leave the, the church. church. I don't yep. just not have an issue with that idea. I see it clearly outlined in the Bible. If you reject God, you have no place among his faithful. We aren't running a popularity contest here. Right. I, it, but it's. I like the way he said that. I just don't not have an issue with it. Right. I'm like, I'm actually 100% on board with, right. yes, leave, go. Right. 
We're not running a popularity contest here. Right. Christianity isn't an everyone's welcome religion. It's absolutely exclusive to those who submit to Christ. So please, if you love man's ideologies or your chosen lifestyle more than you love what the Bible tells us about God, get out. We're better off without you in attendance. The fewer distractions there are from feeding and growing the newborns in Christ and preparing those matured for ministry, the better. Not sorry, not even a little. <laughs> what? Wow. How unloving. How unchristlike. Yowza. Yowza. Yeah, there's, it, it's, it is a shame that when the truth is spoken that bluntly in society that it makes me laugh now because right. I'm so not used to hearing it. Yep. That it's actually funny to me to yep. hear somebody just lay it out like that. Because it it's so starkly different from those rhetorical devices being used by people who are just saying right. nice sounding words. In fact, um, Blue, my my lady talking about gluttony. Your 300 pound lady who was, never eats anything. She was saying, you know, the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And she put like eight stars on either mm -hmm. side of that you one. You know what else is one of the fruits of the spirit? Self-control. <laughs> I, I know. Did she get that, that far or did she stop at kindness? No, she stopped at kindness. Uh -huh. Yep. So, but yeah, that, that idea that people are leaving the church because of you, that's a rhetorical device. Um, you know, people are watching. You're, you're disappointing. My, my, you know, opinion of you or my standard for you is a huge um it's a huge thing that people use when they pad their comments with because they're hoping to get get an in with you that way. Um, and I shared something I found with, in fact, I shared this with Blue. I said, here's something I found earlier today that I think is actually really significant. And then she blocked me. Yes. Yeah. Gosh, you're so and far ahead even, of me. I wasn't even mean. I mean, I just literally said, I found this today and I think it's pertinent. And it said, um, this is the 11th commandment. Thou shalt not... Um, offend thy neighbor, thou shalt make their sensibilities your um, your dictation, basically. You right know, whatever there. your their feelings are, you need whatever to defer. Whatever hurts their feelings, thou shalt not yes. speak. I wish I had that whole yeah. co quote, but again, I don't think I got it before I... Thou shalt not sayeth things that, that yeah. bother their emotional right. well-being. Don't upset anyone don't, else. Don't offend people. Yeah. Never and, offend anyone. And because literally she tried, the guy who had written the original post went back and forth with her several times and just was like, how have I been unkind? Right. And some, some white knight dude, some other guy came in and was Which, like, well, because if you knew that it was upsetting her, you should have just apologized. Oh, so somebody did actually being, try to respond. Being gentle would have gone a long way in this, but you just kept on hammering with your point, <laughs> kept trying to make sense over kept, here. You just kept speaking truth you just over kept, and over. You really prioritized could, could facts. Could you not see how the truth was triggering her? Right. Why right. couldn't you? Why couldn't you back away into some self-preserving lies, right. So that she would feel so better. She'd feel better. Why do you have to keep saying true things? And the guy who wrote the original post again was about homosexuality, not <laughs> gluttony. But the guy just says to the white knight, "Okay, that was it." Just responded with "Okay," and our friend Blue angry reacted his "Okay," right? Because he didn't apologize he did to not, her. He did not uh, succumb to the. Uh, to the bullying. Oh my gosh. It just, once you see it, it's everywhere. It's everybody using words to bully people into agreeing with them. We are so far off of what I was going to talk about. Um, oh, are you? 
Yeah, but Are that's you okay. Do it anyway. I'm, I'm gonna go anyway. I'm gonna try to I'm, get this back on track. I'm gonna follow. No, 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 no. I'm gonna follow your lead. I'm gonna continue oh. to to keep going off track. But I have. But it's gonna take me a second. So do you have some words that you can say, some rhetoric that you can throw into the podcast while I find this? I'm not um, trying to upset anyone. All right, here it is. All right, it's right at the top. All right, now I'm not going to be able to, I haven't showed this to you. Oh, good. Um, all right, so uh, let's see. This poverty-stricken man slash not now growing up African-American in my local city still slash racially prejudiced trumpeteer society named TC. Um, And if any of my Caucasian, all cap, George Floyd-like haters slash racial classmates, dot, 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 comma, since (laughs) Boston Junior High School slash remember, and then the guy's name, Benny, can recognize Benny, a LaPorte High School class of 84 classmate. Okay. Do you think this is making any sense at all? Okay. I'm giving you the... No, I've seen it. That's what... Because you did send that to Luke and I. And I can tell you, even having seen it with my own eyeballs, it's still absolutely impossible to decipher what he's saying. The guy passed away. Right. One of our classmates passed away. Right. And this Sunday, he evidently this guy went, drove to school with this character uh is that what he was saying yes he, he went to school with him he went to graduation drove with him to get our high school diplomas together all caps to get our high school diplomas together all caps again so he's slash. having feelings because a classmate died and he's talking and he's about a minority how... also all caps yeah. okay and y'all didn't give a f about us brown people okay mm. so he's having feelings about because he's lost a friend. Right. And so he took this opportunity to basically emote to the entire class of 1984. Um, I, I don't think they're all on Facebook. Right. But anyway. It was an open letter to the class of 1984 because one of their fellow black students Correct. died. And so a surviving black classmate took the opportunity to basically. Right. But that's, that's what it sounded like. And, it, and it's just this. It's literally a word salad. Yeah. With with punctuation marks and slashes and all sorts of it's it's almost indiscernible. And oh no, so, it's completely indiscernible. Again, I saw it with my own eyes. So uh, one of our classmates, and this is a guy who I actually have a relationship with outside of since we've graduated. I know this guy. Yeah. Uh, and he said, "Sorry for your loss." To the person, right? He said, "Sorry for your loss." Um, I'm very sorry to hear about Benny. Sorry for your loss. Yeah. The guy responds, you mean, all caps, our loss? He graduated with all caps, all of us, in all colors, same year, all caps. And uh, the guy responded, yes, our loss. I meant your loss because it seems that you were maybe close with him where I wasn't. That is all. We were all on that hot June day the Kiwanis field. We're all family. Uh, and and you just committed my loss, all caps, question mark, question mark, question mark. We lost a classmate. <laughs> it's like, holy smokes. Um, yes. Now. So you can't, so, uh, to the, the point that is that you can't apologize. Right. When a person is thoroughly unhinged and completely emotionally driven, nothing you say right. is going to be received with any sort of uh, discernment or any sort of spirit of 
of kindness. Right. Or, uh, but the question is now, how should we then live? Because there are two main camps of opinion for what you should do going forward. If you're a Christian who sees that that guy is completely unhinged, you understand he's mourning, he's got a lot of big feels because mm-hmm. of somebody he knew dying, mm-hmm. which we can understand. So knowing that he's got those feelings and knowing that to an extent that the mourning part is understandable, sure. then how are we supposed to respond to that situation? And I would say that the two camps are, <laughs> number one, you should continue to apologize to him, have this great levels of grace and understanding and long suffering that you are missing your friend yes to continue treating this guy continue coddling him this is a grown man who is emotionally abusing a fellow classmate and using the death of another to excuse it and incidentally carl that is probably 85 to 90 percent of christians most people people fall into the camp of you can't call him an emotional abuser he's sad right he's sad and he's not we should not hold him accountable for what he says and does while he's grieving right and then obviously camp two is the one that i belong to (laughs) the other the other five percent of the population i'm even struggling to describe (laughs) camp one without inserting camp two's rhetoric (laughs) as it were yeah which is our camp that says all right if you're gonna go publicly with the and with that which and honest to goodness dude i don't even remember you from class i don't even remember you being part of my class but if that's what i'm gonna hear from you after a number of decades of separation it's like buckle up Because I'm not going to be gentle. Well, and because it keeps getting worse. Like, I've noticed that when you coddle that, when you understand and give (laughs) grace to that, people think that it's that love of Christ radiating from you that's going to convict that man and make him realize that he's been mistreating his classmates. And if we just reach out to him with kindness, then he will see the error of his ways. Yeah. That it's It's not. It's not working. No, because he doesn't have the spirit. Right. He has rejected the spirit of God at some point in his life, probably his whole life. He's been rejecting it, and he's at war with God. And people, you can't spend your life at war with God and be rational and sane when you get to be 60 or 70 years old yeah you know he's my age he's mid 50s and and he's insane yes he is he is out of his freaking mind yeah but but i do think that there is the potential for a come to jesus moment there is if you if you point out nobody Nobody wants to be around you. You're chasing everybody away. You're, you know, because because what's happening right now is the more ridiculous and out of control those people act, the more the Christians surround them. Everybody yep. gets with him. Yep. The more the more abusive he gets, the kinder and more gentle rewarded. everybody is. It's like right. giving a kid throwing a temper fit in the store a candy bar. Right. There's no reason for him to stop swearing at us when he has emotions because everybody it's working for him because everybody gives in. Yeah, it's a good situation. He's got it good. He can be, he can say whatever he thinks, whatever imbecilic thing that comes into his brain, he yeah. can say it. And people are just Y'all like, didn't give an F about us brown people. It's like, no, we don't give an F about abusive, angry, bitter people right. like you. I want to I want to be away from you, but it has nothing to do with your skin color. Right. right. And I can tell you, it's not, you know, he's in his mid 50s. But I saw a video that was passed around by Not the Bee, Not the Babylon Bee Mm -hmm. from TikTok. And it was a girl who's probably barely 20. And she was talking about, what does it mean to be gender fluid? And she goes on TikTok and says, you know, it it just means that um, my gender expression changes 
day to day, week to week, sometimes Sometimes hour hour to hour. hour. And that means that, you know, my pronouns that I'm comfortable using may also change. And so then she pretends to be the other person in the conversation and says, okay, okay, so what does, how can I know what pronouns to use for you so that I can make you more comfortable? Now, was that TikTok, was that legitimate? Because I thought it was satire. I thought she was totally serious. It was not the B. It was on not the Babylon B. (laughs) Oh, no. Yes. I thought she was making a joke. No. (laughs) No, this is what we're teaching the next generation of children to do. She said, oh, I okay, she so was kidding. I wear um, bracelets to indicate what how I'm feeling right now. The bracelet now. thing was what made me think that it was a joke. No, blue for he, him, pink for she, her, <laughs> and yellow for they, them. And sometimes I will wear a combination of those if it's a day where I'm feeling like a combination of genders. <laughs> and so her, again, but pretending to be the other person, says... Oh, so today is a she, they kind of day. And the girl holds, holds up, up her, her wrist, bracelet. pink and yellow. And she goes, yep, you got it. And that's the end of the TikTok video. Oh. And it is the most self-absorbed, narcissistic thing that you're going to see on the internet today until yeah, tomorrow when is. you'll see another I'm, equally I'm embarrassed thing. to admit that I thought it was satire. It's not satire. And this is what we're training children to, to do and to be, to expect others to care about their emotions. To expect deeply. others to look at their wrist to see what right. color bracelet they're wearing and then try to... To, to spend to spend all of the effort and energy that it takes to unpack right. what she could possibly be saying right. and f- communicating. Nobody ever told her, listen, everybody else has feelings too. And yeah. all the time you're spending obsessing over your own, you're not actually giving to others what you expect them to give to you. You're not caring right. about other if people's we, feelings. If we all had the perspective that you had, we would just be shouting at each other, look at my bracelet, look right. at my bracelet. Right, and there was a comment underneath that video that was really, really great. I wish that I could read the. Gosh. I wish I could read the whole thing. He literally started uh, with, "I'm ashamed." Attention, of young people. Nobody cares about your feelings, and you can't make them. And you know, the quicker that you accept that that others don't care, the the quicker right. you can live a more well-adjusted life, basically. Right. But that is, uh, that's actually in my book. Yes, that's why I brought it up. That is in my book. Look at you, marketing. The the attitude that you must adopt if you help to have any sort of a sense of humor about life is that most people do not care what you think and what you feel. They don't care. And what's your book called? Life is Hardy Har Hard. And it's the... Uh, it's how you can use comedy to make everything about your life better. Right. And the first thing that you uh, learn is that people don't care what you think. They don't care about their, they don't care about your perspective. They're too busy focused on their own perspective. They're too busy thinking about their own stuff. And so if you have any hope of being joyful and content in your life, you have to stop expecting other people to affirm you and uh, and right. praise you right. and support you and this care not, about you. This is not the comment, but it'll do. This is a different one that says, not one single other person cares about your constantly changing gender and bracelet color. The world doesn't revolve around you. Put your phone down and do something that matters. <laughs> That's true. It's true. <laughs> like make a joke. Like make that. Uh, 
Yeah, I was going to say make a satire video, but she did. Well, the and, problem is she doesn't know that's right. What it is. And again, like or you he know, or they or whatever it is. When you make satire, then you run the risk of having somebody come up to you and say, "This is why people are leaving the church." Yes, and, and then we would say, "Good." It is the same conversation happening on every social media platform about every topic under the sun. It's yeah. just. Here's my opinion over here. And somebody else says, well, here's why your opinion probably isn't aligned with reality. And then the first person goes, I wasn't trying to argue. Right. This is why people are leaving the church. I was just commenting on the opinion. I I was just stating the opinion. The fruits of the spirit include kindness. I mean, everything. Right. But right. But even in that statement is it's just doubling down on what they were doing before. I was just stating my opinion. Right. We don't care about your opinion. (laughs) How, how more, clearly can we say this it's i'm just giving my opinion right we don't want to hear your stupid opinion we don't care about it yeah your your perspective your point of view does not matter to me i don't i don't care and i know i know you think i'm just trying to be mean but i'm telling you the truth i sincerely from the bottom of my heart with every fiber of my being do not care what your opinion is okay but you do care about the opinion as long as you are setting up for a punchline and (laughs) let's just be fair here uh well do i I get to do a hill to die on because i do you have a hill to die on yeah i do because it's even going to fit. Uh, Good. Hill to die on is that um, it does not matter what your point of view is. I do not care if you are offended. Hmm. I don't care if you're offended. And the reason I don't care is because you cannot give me a good reason to care. care. Yeah. Yeah. If you can give me a good reason to care about your opinion, then we'll have a conversation. But if you just walk up to me and say, well, the joke that you told me offended me, don't care. I, I And I can't think of any reason why I should care. So your hill to die on is... What that be- if you're offended, um, I don't care. That's... Okay, but kind of need a universal statement right if you're going to invite others to join you are you inviting Hmm. others to join you in not caring about people who are offended about people's offended about offended oh oh, let me let me flip that the other direction um or let me make it a a question why should i care if you're offended well now it's definitely not a hill that you're dying on now it's a well i'll die on this hill unless you can tell me not to (laughs) (laughs) okay i wasn't this wasn't the original in the hill that I was going to die on. Okay. So I'm making it up as I'm I go. I'm going to have a hill to die on too. <laughs> you use my sound effect? The peach's hill to die on. <laughs> I didn't know you had a hill. I'm just going to say it better than you. Okay. I will die on the hill that says nobody should care whether you're offended or not. They should only care if God, God is, is offended. offended. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Well, good. We're dying on the same hill. <laughs> We're on the same hill. I just didn't want you to have your own hill. I wanted, I wanted it to be my hill. Well, that defeats the purpose of inviting other people to die on it, but okay then. It's still my hill. You can come up. It's the John Branion's hill to die on, but the rest of you are welcome to die if, up here. If enough people join you, just, you you're going to need another hill anyway. Rest, no, no. The rest of you are welcome to die on this hill. You just don't get mentioned on the, on the tombstone. All right, that's it. I'm muting your mic. Look for John Branion on MeWe and Gab. Also, be part of the show by sending your questions to nextdoor at johnbranion.com. See you next time, neighbor.